If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here is your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. And I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about becoming anti-racist. Uh, you can connect with us at BraveHeartsForKids.org and BraveHeartsRadio.org, where you can find all the past episodes in the show links section. And you can also donate now if you like the work that we're doing and would like to help us continue to do this. Today, my guest is leadership coach Rosie Zelinska. She's a top executive and the, the creator of the High Integrity Success Formula, uh, you know, we've we've uh, Rosie has been on the show in the past, and uh, we've had we've had some great conversations, and we do some uh, accountability work with one another as members of the National Speakers Association. Uh, welcome, Rosie. Yes, Brian. Thank you. I am so happy to be with you again, and I'm excited about talking about uh, our topic, which is anti-racism and a variety of other things. So, thank you. Yeah, you know what? You know we we had talked about um, you, you and I talk about uh, topics and a lot of topics and a lot of topics in depth. And one of the th- things that I've identified as my f- most favorite thing is talking with people about ideas, and and um, and then that uh, that aha moment when uh, when someone gets an idea that we're talking about or, or when I get an idea, you know, that's one of the, that to me, that's one of the great joys in life. And, uh, just something that we talked about and is, this is, um, uh, this is something that, uh, it has, has developed for me. And I think it's developed for you that the notion of, uh, uh, being, being, uh, non-racist is, it just isn't enough. Uh, we need to be anti-racist. Yes, Brian, that's absolutely correct. And like you said, this is something that obviously has come about for me specifically since the George Floyd incident on May 26th. Since then, I have been doing a lot of listening. I actually am embarrassed to say, but at the same time, proud to say that I was being educated by my own children who are 19 and 21 by my niece, who I I have had... uh, good conversations with and my sisters as well because they're all in the know much more about um, being anti-racist versus just being non-racist and the conversations that I've had with young people these days Brian it's incredible because they are so passionate about this they truly don't see color and I think that's very admirable so I myself have spent a tremendous amount of time educating myself uh, reading listening, watching documentaries, and I believe that I'm a completely different person today than I was prior to, you know, May 26th. So I have declared myself an anti-racist, and I think it's very important for everybody to understand what the difference is between anti-racist and non-racist. So that's what I want to talk about today. 
And how do you describe the difference between uh, being non-racist and anti-racist? So non-racist, and that's what I what I always said about myself. I was I'm a non-racist. I really don't care about people's color. I treat everybody the same. But that was in a very passive way. So now that I have declared myself an anti-racist, I am much more active. So I'm trying to post social media posts about just awareness. Um, I'm trying to educate myself more. I'm trying to talk to people and anybody that listens, you know, I will have a conversation. I've also just been listening. That's the biggest thing. I've been listening to figure out why it was that I wasn't aware of the the differences between an anti-racist and a non-racist. And one of the things that I actually did, like I said before, I was watching some documentaries and the documentary that made such an impact on me was a documentary titled 13th for the 13th Amendment. And mm-hmm. boy, did that documentary open my eyes out. So I highly recommend if, if people are starting on this quest of educating themselves on this topic, that is a great documentary to start with, and it's on Netflix. And, and so, you know, we've, we've been talking uh, all summer about the idea, uh, you know, that the, my, my June theme for the show was do what you can right now to, to help. And uh, it, it seemed that that seemed like such a good idea to me that we just decided to go with that as the theme for July and for August for the entire summer. Do what you can right now to help. And so it's it's um, the difference, as I hear you describing this, is the difference between uh, being passive about it and uh, and being active about it, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things that I, I'm actually part of Toastmasters as well. And one of the mm-hmm. things that I did was a speech on why we should use the hashtag Black Lives Matter instead of All Lives Matter. So... From my perspective, I'm being active in trying to educate people. So I actually did a speech to Toastmasters and I delivered it and it was very well received. Good for you. That's, you know, that's, um, I think, you know, I always say doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And so I, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't look to, to criticize somebody for their, their, their color of lives matter. Uh, I think the, the idea that, uh, that I, as I understand it, is that all lives cannot matter until black lives matter is, is one of the perspectives that needs to be understood. Yes. And that's exactly it. I think, you know, black and brown people and not just them, actually, it's people that, you know, the LGBTQ plus community, people with disabilities, all of these people are different. So it seems that they have to fight just for the basic rights that the rest of the people already have. So, for example, like myself, I am a Hispanic female and I have had to work really hard to get to where I am in corporate America, whereas the male counterpart may not necessarily have to work as hard to do that. So it it just depends on what walk of life you are, but kind of back to the Black Lives Matter, black and brown people have had such a hard life in the United States because of slavery. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I I actually listened to an interview by Condoleezza Rice about three years ago, and she actually said that 
the United States was born with a birth defect, which was slavery. So Mm -hmm. until black and brown people have the exact same rights that white people or non-black and brown people have, then we can't really say that all lives matter. So there's a fundamental difference between those two hashtags or movements, I should say. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess the way I the way I have understood it, and maybe I, I, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this, or uh, maybe you know more. But uh, the idea that all lives matter is kind of a, kind of a non-racist. Uh, like uh, passive kind of things like, Hey, look, all lives matter. Don't bother me with this special thing. Is that, is that kind of how you hear it? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, people that say all lives matter really don't realize all of the um, horrible things that are happening to, you know, black and brown people on a day to day basis. Um, I was talking to one of my friends and he was just saying that, even like driving in Southern Illinois, he makes sure he doesn't speed. He makes sure that, you know, he follows all the rules that, you know, if anybody approaches him, he, his hands are inside. So, and that's something that white people don't realize. That's something that white people don't think about. Um, I, I also saw another video where a gentleman was leaving his front door and it was a black gentleman. He was leaving his front door and he faced his front door and he knelt down, and it was very obvious that he was praying because he crossed himself. And yeah. so black and brown people are afraid to not come home alive at the end of the day, whereas yeah. your, you know, people that are white don't necessarily think about that. So these are things that black and brown people think about every single day, and they have to live with. And it's important for us as white people to realize that and understand and how we can become to the Black Lives yeah. Matter movement. Well, and it's you know, it, I think you know that it's that it's that idea that uh, you know we don't we don't think about it. I, I was talking to uh, uh, my producer Winston uh, about this. Uh, he was a guest on the show a, a couple of uh, weeks ago, and uh, one of the examples I think of is is um, we used to live next to a golf course. And I, I wasn't a, I wasn't playing golf at the time. I haven't played a lot of golf in quite a while. But I, I would go for walks. I would go for hikes on the golf course. And uh, you know, I I was uh, I I thought courteous because I I stayed out of people's way. And uh, you know, frankly, you just don't want to be in someone's way if they're hitting golf balls. Uh, I, you know, I thought I you know I stayed out of people's way. But it was just walking along the golf course, and it occurred to me that. And this, and this was before uh, bef- before uh, May this year, but it, it occurred to me that uh, the experience would be a lot different for a black man. Uh, exactly. And and it, you know and 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 I had always uh, I had always had this perception that well you know yeah I I've got I've got privilege but uh, you know ju- just being born in the United States is privilege you know so but there's there's also the uh, there, there's uh, there is a, a specific uh, privilege to uh, to to being to, to being a man. To being, uh, you know, a white man. Uh, to being, um, uh, my, you know, my parents were educated and believed in in education. You know, there's a lot of privileges that uh, that I grew up with 
that uh, a lot of people just don't have. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, so that's referred to as white privilege. And one thing that I want to make clear is just because you have that white privilege does not mean that you didn't have any trials or tribulations or problems growing up. I know people that, you know, have had a really hard life growing up and they're white and they're males. And that, that doesn't mean that they had an easy life. I think to me, it just means that they had an easier life than black and brown people because black and brown people have to think about everything that they do from the moment they leave their homes every single day. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to uh, coming up against uh, a, a break here, but I, I want to uh, talk about the, some of the experience that I've had and, you know, I grew up in North Dakota, uh, which is a lot different than growing up in, in uh, the city of Chicago for the people that you get to meet. But I had some interesting, I had an interesting way of growing up and I'd like to uh, share that and just see, see how that uh plays into the discussion. Uh, we'll, um, we'll be back with uh, Rosie Zelenskis. She's a leadership coach, the creator of the High Integrity Success Formula on Bravehearts Radio. We'll be back here with you on the other side of 60 Seconds with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned into VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. And I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about becoming anti-racist. 
Connect with us, BraveHeartsForKids.org, BraveHeartsRadio.org. And uh, my guest today is uh, Rosie Zielinskis, uh, leadership coach, top executive, and uh, creator of the High Integrity Success Formula. You can uh, find out more about the High Integrity Success at HighIntegritySuccess.com. Or you can email Rosie at uh, highintegritysuccess at gmail.com and uh, just uh, some really outstanding work that uh, Rosie Zelinskis is doing in um, in uh, in the uh, the area of of success leadership and uh, the value of integrity with that and uh, you know I got John Blumberg our, our, our good friend Rosie uh, John is going to be on the show in two weeks and uh uh, talked with him recently. I said, uh, uh, Rosie and I will have to try to predict what you say on the show, you know, because uh, uh, <laughs> he's always uh, he's he's always got good things to say. And I I, I see that um, in, in particular, as I see uh, John's uh, John's LinkedIn posts come right to the top of my LinkedIn feed every day. So it must be the the liking and commenting on that because LinkedIn knows I want to see what he has to say first. So uh, you know, we we, sure. we talk sure. about this. We you know we we. Um, uh, uh, I, I know we want to get into the founding of the uh, Black Lives Matter movement in a moment. I, I was finishing uh, or segueing before the break into the idea that I grew up in North Dakota. You know, in North North Dakota is 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 not the capital of diversity. You know, and uh, you know right. the the the. the, the uh, uh, but but I grew up in in a little town called Valley City. My dad was the geography teacher there, and we we got to be the host family for the students from around the world that came to our our town, came to our college. You know, the town was about eight thousand people and a thousand college students. Everyone that was a, a student from around the world came came through us as the host family. So we got to, I got to know by the time I was out of high school, I had friends from Gambia and Sudan and Greece and England and India and and uh, 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 Taiwan and Japan, all, you know, all across the world. And uh, and I you know I I thought this is really cool, but I realized that's that's not the normal way for, for kids to grow up. And in, in retrospect, looking back at, at my experience with, uh, with, with people who were different from you know, pretty much everyone else that was in North Dakota, uh, the, uh, the, the students from around the world, the, 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 uh, the athletes that came from, from Miami or Philadelphia or uh, you know, you know, wherever they came from Seattle, uh, Columbia, Maryland, and, and guys that got to be that became good friends of mine. Like uh, John Overby from Columbia, Maryland, who got a professional football tryout. You know, he he was a celebrity. Uh, all of the guys that I knew, and and it was uh, literally all men. The the black men that were college students that uh, that I uh, grew up with, and that were most of them a little older than me. But they all men. There there weren't. Uh, I I don't recall any black women coming to to go to school there when I was uh, a younger younger person but all of the guys were celebrities so uh you know it was um it was something of a oh my god it's it's jo it's he's so cool you know there there wasn't something of a of a you know that's that's somebody else that it's like you know it was always like can i have your autograph 
kind of kind of situation. For I don't know if the rest of the town felt that way, and I don't know if if uh, John Overby and John Thomas and some of these some of these guys that I looked at as heroes, you know, if they felt that way, or you know, if, if they felt included and welcome by the by the other guys in town or the other people in town, you know, we, ne- we never had that conversation. Do you even happen to remember having conversations with those athletes back then? Oh, and a lot of conversations, but it, you know, it wasn't about you know, you know, how how you feeling, uh, how you doing, you know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't about race. Okay. And it, it, it just it, it wasn't about uh, you know, it, you know, it was about um, I guess you know, high school, college. It was about sports and girls, you know. So uh, that was about yeah. what it's about. So. Um, Exactly. But uh, but you 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 were you were gonna you, you were gonna tell us about uh, more about the the founding of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes. So the Black Lives Matter movement was founded in 2013, and essentially mm-hmm. this happened in response to the acquittal of George Zimmerman, and that's the gentleman that ended up uh, killing Trayvon Martin, and Trayvon Martin was a young boy, and, you know, it's just so sad because all he wanted was Skittles. That's it. He was just going out for a package of Skittles, and they got into a bad situation, and Trayvon Martin ended up being dead. And Mm. so the Black Lives Matter movement was founded by three women, and this was, again, in 2013. And back then, I don't really even think that they thought it would be what it, what it is today. I, obviously, it has been evolving. But their mission is simply to eradicate white supremacy. They want to make sure that people are educated. They want to build up black communities through innovation. And the bottom line, Brian, is that it's, it's very simple. They want black and brown people to have the same simplicity of life with true freedom, peace, and joy. So mm. it's not very difficult. But the thing is, we're not there yet. And we have made great strides even since the, you know, since the civil movement, but it hasn't been enough. And mm. because of the situation that happened with George Floyd, I believe that at this time in the world, people are just tired. They're just burnt out on the mistreatment of black and brown people. I think the world has reached a boiling point. And, you know, based on everything that happened in the news, I was amazed at how many protests there were worldwide. I was seeing all the pictures on Twitter, and I think I counted over 50 countries that literally had massive protests. Um, And a lot of them did start because of George Floyd, but a lot of them started just because of the injustices in their own countries. Mm -hmm. So I think the Black Lives Matter movement has made great strides, and I think it's really uh, making things happen right now because so many people are willing to become an ally to the Black Lives Matter movement. So that's just a little bit about the founding of the Black Lives Matter. Well, you know, the, you, you, it, everything reminds me of the story, Rosie. And, and uh, when, when you talk about being an ally of the movement, I, I, I remember something uh, Martin Luther King said, and I, 
I, I, I've got it. Uh, I've got it uh, printed, and it's a it's it's a page holder in a in a book I have. I don't have it right in front of me, but I'll have to try to remember this. But he was, he was essentially. Um, it seemed like he was just uh, terribly sad about the uh, the moderate uh, that uh, you know the the moderate who says, "Oh, just just things will get better. Just bide your time." So it, it and 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 he he could even understand how someone could be against him uh, more so than he could see someone being lukewarm or, or just just a moderate in this sense. So being an ally. Is is standing up and saying, "Yes, I am anti. I am anti-racist." Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, it's interesting because obviously the Black Lives Matter movement started, and then, interestingly enough, the phrase "All Lives Matter" sprang up, and and people that actually started the All Lives Matter response to the Black Lives Matter movement don't really seem to understand the Black Lives Matter movement. So it, it actually came about um, as a criticism uh, for dismissing and misunderstanding the Black Lives Matter movement. So, for example, yeah. uh, there was a, a, an article that I was reading about a professor. He, he was actually out of uh, Africa, and his name is David Theo Goldberg. And he basically said that the All Lives Matter reflects a view of racial dismissal and ignoring and denial and essentially the founders have responded to the criticism of the movement exclusively saying that black lives matter doesn't mean that your life isn't supported it just means that black lives are seen without value within the white supremacy world so i think it's such a different thing that is going on with those two uh, phrases there. Yeah, and I, and, and I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, the idea of all lives matter, well, that's kind of hard to argue with the idea, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's just that it's, it's being presented not as a standalone idea, uh, which, which would be a fine idea all by itself, but it's being presented more as a dismissal of uh, the concept of Black Lives Matter. So rather than being part of the uplifting and, say, and saying, let's raise all boats, uh, you know, t- a rising raises all boats, uh, it, it's not presented in that way. Does that seem like a, a, a fair analysis of that? Absolutely. I think you hit it right on the nail because by saying all lives matter, they're literally dismissing all of the issues that black and brown people have on a day-to-day basis. And that includes, you know, the mass incarceration that is going on, uh, just all of the money that goes to police instead of the social programs that we should be, uh, where we should be educating people so that everybody knows to treat. And, and it's very simple. I mean, treat everybody with kindness and respect. That's, that's the bottom line of what we're trying to do here. So it, all Lives Matter discounts the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and that's what we're trying to explain to people so that they are aware and understand why it's important to use the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Now, is, is there a, is, is there, by any chance, is there a Rainbow Lives Matter movement? I'm sorry, what was the question, Brian? 
is there something like a Rainbow Lives Matter movement? Because I, I, I know I, I see the rainbow uh, symbol for the LGBTQ community. And, you know, that's within within the, uh, I guess we're getting on, probably getting into a whole other area here, but uh, is is there something like that that's, that's similar to Black Lives Matter? Yeah, no, I think that the, the simple um, LGBTQ plus and the rainbow symbol is there, the movement for that community, because as as just as the black community has issues, the LGBTQ plus community has just, you know, as many issues, obviously in a completely different way. And I actually yeah. just saw a documentary on, um, on trans people and it's called disclosure on Netflix. And it's, it, Holy cow. It's eye opening because it, to me, it gives me um, a better avenue to respect people that are different from myself. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got another uh, another break coming up, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of the break uh, with uh, Rosie Zelinskis talking about uh, uh, high integrity success, becoming anti racist, and uh, here on Bravehearts Radio, you are a Braveheart, uh, Rosie, and uh, we'll be back on the other side of sixty seconds. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here on with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about becoming an anti racist. 
with uh, Rosie Zelinskas. She's the leadership coach, at create, the creator of High Integrity Success. And you can reach her at highintegritysuccess.com, uh, highintegritysuccess at gmail.com. And uh, always coming in from the third segment, I, I say a little bit about the uh, National Day Calendar. One of our great sponsors for Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity is the National Day Calendar people. And today, uh, the 13th of July is Beans and Franks Day. It's Delaware Day and it's French Fry Day. So uh, Del- Delaware is, it's, it's interesting, Delaware was the first state and you remember the, uh, the the 50 state quarters, you know, they, they didn't make enough of them when those came out. So I understand that the Delaware quarter, if you have some of those or if you have one of those, is worth, maybe worth more than a quarter. Uh, nice to know. Um, Delaware is also, you know, I, I, I kind of reckon it's going to be the last state on my states that I get to because um, I've, got, uh, I've got about six to go and uh, one trip. Uh, to Memphis is going to take care of a couple of them, and uh, another trip out to Maine is going to take care of uh, the the other three out in that direction. Uh, Delaware, you know, you, you almost nothing against Delaware. Uh, no, a lot of corporations, uh, you know, consider that their home, but uh, uh, I, I think you have to have a reason to go. And uh, I, I haven't uh, haven't found that yet. You know, maybe when we do our uh, our virtual not our virtual retreat when I when we uh, when we get to travel again, we get out to Philadelphia. I guess I suppose that'd be a good opportunity to get to Delaware. So um, there's a little bit about the National Day calendar. You know, we, Rosie, you mentioned um, that uh, what what we're dealing with is uh, it, we're fighting two deadly viruses now. We've got the uh, uh, or, or pandemics, maybe the the COVID nineteen uh, threatening our health and uh, the and and racism, which is uh, is really a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's interesting, Brian, because one of the things that uh, I've heard people ask is like, well, why now? Again, I already talked about all the protests, you know, from all the fifty countries worldwide and the unrest of people. And I think the the difference is that this time, that video that we saw where George Floyd was apprehended and the police officer knelt on his neck, it yeah. was, and, you know, he had that, you know, the hand in his pocket, you know, just kind of casually sitting there on the, you know, a human being's neck. I think that's probably one of the reasons why it has this this is different it feels different because you could plainly see the police officer in that picture you could see his face and yeah. you could see George Floyd on the ground and i think that has been a catalyst for the entire uprising of people where we're just like what in the heck is going on how is it possible that cops feel that this treatment of human beings is okay and obviously it's not so you're right i mean this is difficult times because we've been dealing with you know the pandemic since march where we've all had to be quarantined and then we had to see we had to watch george floyd being murdered you know uh, in front of the world and it has just been so it's such an incredible difficult time it's just it's been hard times hard times for everybody all around 
Well, I, you know, and, and I, I wrote a, um, uh, well, I guess the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the introduction to my LinkedIn uh, post when I, when I had uh, Winston on the show, Winston Price, my executive producer, uh, and, and uh, we talked about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and he shared some of his, uh, some of his uh, experiences growing up. Uh, as as a uh, as a youngster, you know, 11, 12 years old, and he and his brother, uh, you know, and uh, dressed up, uh, I think, on their way home from church, and uh, you know, and taken, you know, just uh, you know, taken in by the police because they were black, and uh, and it's like that man, they, you know, that, those are stories. I don't know that we've heard too much about that. You asked me about my conversation with my college buddies, you know, and, and we, you know, we didn't, we, we didn't talk about that, uh, it, it, that I can recall, you know, um, when, it, uh, when I, uh, when I wrote, when I posted that, uh, that show that time, I, I, uh, I asked the question, I said, uh, you know, the, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement has made unprecedented strides in creating public awareness and energy towards solving the racism crisis, yet we live in a time of ever-shortened attention spans. And we have a history for losing focus as today brings us a new news cycle. And so what if it were possible, what if it were possible for the world to support the Black Lives Matter movement with the same purposefulness and focus that we've responded to the COVID-19 pandemic? I think that would be amazing, Brian. What if, what if that were possible? See, that's when we start asking that courageous question. We unlock opportunities for service that were unimaginable before. And you know, you, you know the you know the idea of the tipping point. You know, we get to a, get to a, you know, it's like it's like you know, tip, 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 and all of a sudden, wow, and things just tip over quickly. And I, I thought maybe this is the tipping point for that because. Uh, the, the George Floyd video, that's not the first video like that. Correct. Yeah, there's been many, many, many others like that before. There was also another, you know, similar to what you just said about you know, um, the kids that you were talking about dressed, you know, and they were apprehended. There was another yeah. uh, mini-series called When They See Us, and it was five uh, young black kids that were in New York and Central Park and they were apprehended for the raping and murdering of a lady. And it was just awful because these five kids were apprehended and they were sent to jail and they were there between, I think they had, they all had different uh, sentences between like five and 13 years, but Mm -hmm. it was awful how they were treated. And they were literally told, Hey, now this is obviously on, on the, on the on Netflix series, but this is a live, a real true life story where the kids were like, Hey, if you confess and you sign here, you'll be able to go home. And they were as young as 13 years old. So it was just awful how they were treated and their lives were ruined. And mind mm-hmm. you, they got a large settlement, but who, who would want the large settlement in lieu of their life? You know, they lost their yeah. life for so many years. So, so that's awful. But, yeah, I mean, black and brown people are profiled for no reason just because they're black and brown. And that's exactly what we're trying to change. We're trying to change with this Black Lives Matter movement and for people to be aware. Now, I have seen a tremendous amount of support from corporations, just 
corporations all around. So I work for a large insurance company and it's AIG and AIG, I have to say, is doing a tremendous amount of education. They're doing coffee talks. They're doing panel um, interviews. They're sending out tons of resources. They're sending out, uh, again, just documentaries and things that people can educate themselves on. So, and, and AIG is not the only one that's doing this. So many other corporations are both big and small. So um, obviously I'm in the speaking world and I have seen so many speakers reach out to people saying, you know, and these are white speakers, uh, just mm-hmm. kind of declare that they have been learning, trying to understand, trying to educate themselves that they weren't aware, kind of like in the similar to me where I just didn't know what I didn't know. And now that I know I'm trying to educate myself and really truly understand what is happening in the world. But yeah, there is so much injustice and that's exactly what we're trying to change. We're trying to change yeah. the world. Now, and, and you, say, you say black and, and brown people and, and, um, uh, sometimes I'm just confused by all of it, honestly. Well, like brown who? people to me are, are not necessarily like African-Americans. Obviously, they're, they're referred to as black people. But brown uh-huh. people are a lot of Hispanic, Latin American people or native okay. people. So they're referred to as brown people. So I'm 100% Mexican. There's a lot of people in my family that are and have been discriminated because they're Hispanic and because they're Mexican. So yeah. those are the, the people that are referred to as brown people. Okay. And so uh, so also uh, uh, American Indians, Native Americans? Um, Correct. Okay. All right. Because that my uh, my recollection was was uh, you have you have uh, uh, red people and then you have you have yellow people too, which would be the uh, uh, Chinese Asian uh, people. And and I I, ne- I I never could really understand that. It's like you know the, the, we're not really these colors. You know, like who came up with that color scheme? Yeah, I know. I think the um, the bottom line is it's non-white people, right? It's pretty much everybody else that's not white. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So um, I I understand that the uh, Washington football team looks like they're going to change their their nickname. Uh, So uh, they uh, they 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 have been the Redskins, you know. And so uh, and and I uh, I, frankly I, I call that. That's part of the tipping point, Rosie. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I went to the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and we had Chief Illini Weck, and we all loved it. And obviously, uh, so the way it was explained to us when the Chief would come out in the middle of the football game and in the, at halftime, and he would come out and do a dance, uh, the way it was explained to us is that he, the person that actually became the chief was on a scholarship and they were trained and educated on the dance and what it meant and the importance. And it was more of honoring, but at the same time, people that were Eileen Iwax that were um, from that uh, native American culture said, well, do you want to get your president come out and do a dance in the middle of a football game? That's the type of dishonor that you're doing and disservice. So 
the University of Illinois, as much as I hated to see the chief go, we ended up leaving, you know, or, or um, giving up the chief. So now we just have the the I block as a symbol for the University of Illinois. But now that yeah. all of this has happened, I completely agree with it. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got one more quick break, and then we'll be back to close things uh, close things up on the show. We with uh, Rosie Zelinskis uh, becoming anti racist. Uh, yeah, you you already are, and uh, I, I think I'm well on my way. Uh, and uh, Rosie is the uh, developer of the High Integrity Success Program, leadership coach here on Bravehearts Radio. Stick with us. We'll be back in the other side of sixty seconds. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the Mission Specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com. We're with a leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about becoming an anti-racist, and uh, with Rosie Zelinskis, who's uh, she's an anti-racist and uh, founder of the High Integrity Success Formula. You can catch up with her at highintegritysuccess at gmail.com. Uh, she's also a leadership leader coach. And I, I said, I'm on my way to being an anti-racist. What do you think about that? Brian, you absolutely are. I really think that, that you're almost there. There's a little bit more work to do. And obviously, we all have work to do. But just being aware of the terms non-racist versus anti-racist, then you can start yeah. learning about it. And then you can now declare yourself anti-racist. So congratulations. That's right. I, I, I declare, I will declare myself that way. How about that? You know, it's something that we talk about in a lot of the meetings that I work on is that we presume positive intent. 
And uh, it's one of the things that, I, you know, I always expect the best from people. And, uh, and, I, and I'm usually not disappointed. I usually get the best. And I expect the best from myself. And uh, I probably don't measure up quite so well uh, because, I, you know, I, I find I, 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 I've, I've spent a lot of time coasting in my life. You know, so um, some of the things that, uh, you know, oh, I just wanted to finish up with the, uh, the, the, the nicknames, you know, in uh, coming from North Dakota, the, the uh, University of North Dakota was the, the fighting suit. And there was a lot of controversy about, you know, whether that was an honor or whether and uh, people that I knew well from the from the reservation that, that said, you know, we, we like it. Um, but we, uh, you know, they, they wound up uh, uh, t- taking taking that away. Uh, now, my parents went to school at a little school called Dickinson State. And when they went to school in the 50s, the name of the team was the Savages. And it's oh, like, <laughs> you know, seriously. Yeah. So that that one that went away. They're the Blue Hawks now. And uh, also in a little town called Devil's Lake. Uh, they were the, uh, the, they, uh, they are now the firebirds, but they were the Satans. Um, it's, it's like, uh, uh, it, it, there's, I, I mean, it's, yeah, the town is called Devil's Lake, but I, I always thought that had to look kind of strange with a kid with a letterman's jacket going up for communion at church, uh, <laughs> with, with, with that nickname on the back. All right. So, um, uh, finishing thoughts here, Rosie. Yeah, so essentially, all lives cannot matter until Black Lives Matter. We really need to make sure that we're using the hashtag Black Lives Matter or just, you know, going and researching the movement. And obviously, we should not be using all lives matter, at least until all lives are genuinely valued the same, regardless of the color that you are. So, and again, just... The biggest thing is educate yourself. If you don't know where to start, like I said before, that documentary on Netflix titled 13th for the 13th Amendment is a perfect place to start. So um, let's go out there and educate ourselves then. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I noticed in, in the notes that I had uh, before our, the show, there was a quote from Barack Obama. And uh, is there something that you wanted to share? I've got one that I remember from him from 2008. Yeah, you know, he he actually said, and, you know, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this a little bit, but he basically said that the reason why he feels that the organizers use Black Lives Matter was not because they were suggesting that no one else's lives matter, but rather what they were trying to suggest is that there's a specific problem that is happening in the African-American community that is not happening in other communities. So I do believe that... um, uh, Barack Obama said it well. Yeah, the, the the one I remember was from February of 2008, and I remember seeing him. Now I, I didn't know I didn't know who he was really. You know, in February of 2008, he was pretty new on the political scene. Uh, if, you know, I don't pay that close attention to uh, to, to this, uh, but I remember seeing him speak, and there was something that he said, and uh, I went to coffee. Uh, the next day, and I, you know, I have coffee in Bismarck, North Dakota, with uh, some of the uh, some of the real uh, conservative stalwarts, uh, you know, businessmen and and politicians and stuff. And um, I said, this guy can win, and he can win big. And uh, and he did. And uh, what he said that impressed me so much was, what binds us together 
is greater than what drives us apart. And I thought that is that that is so profound and such a fundamental truth that uh, that I, I said he can win, he can win big. And I, I think that's that's really the key in, in my mind to uh, to the idea of uh, of being an anti-racist and solving the racism pandemic is is that uh, what binds us together is what is is greater than what drives us apart it's the spiritual connection that the 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 sameness that uh, is in all of us it's that spirit that runs through us and 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 gives us all life uh, that that uh, when we recognize that, when we know that, uh, you can't uh, discriminate against someone. You can't hurt someone else uh, without understanding that that hurts you too. So go, doing good anywhere is good everywhere. And uh, uh, I, you know, I I I hope that um, uh, people become more aware of that 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 quote and that idea and the whole idea that. Uh, that uh, what binds us together really is much, much greater than what drives us apart because what binds us together is the spirit of the universe, and there's nothing more powerful than that. Yeah. One last thing that I wanted to say, Brian, is that um, I have been doing more speaking in Spanish as of late, and one of the things that I'm trying to do whenever I'm posting stuff is um, on social media is I'm posting it in both English and Spanish. So I'm going to start doing that and continue doing that going forward. You know, we gotta we gotta have another show talk about Spanish and languages and things. And I, I I've done a little bit of research on that because it fascinates me that uh, you know Spanish is the uh, the the second most uh, prevalent native language in the world after after Mandarin Chinese. So uh, English is uh, is is third on that list. So it's been a it's been a wonderful. Hour. Rosie, I, I can't thank you enough for joining me, and uh, thanks to the audience for uh, joining Rosie Zelinskis and I. We've been talking about becoming anti-racist on Bravehearts Radio on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to check us out, uh, BraveheartsForKids.org. Please consider donating now, and uh, check out uh, uh, Rosie's uh, organization, HighIntegritySuccess.com. Um, thank you, you can, Brian. Uh, yep, yeah, you can. Um, you can you can find out you know, be in touch with us about that so catch us LinkedIn too uh, and join us every Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time you can work out your own time zone from that next week we'll be talking about solving the world's water crisis you know one of the big three things that I think uh, for worldwide peace and prosperity is clean water everywhere and we'll have as our guest George Green from Water Mission. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And we'll see you next week. Until then, be well and stay well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time.